Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church Parenting Podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today on the podcast, I have Bob and Caroline with us. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. great. Well, thanks I'm, for having us here. Yeah, thanks for being on. And uh, just tell us a little bit about your guys' selves and your family and any fun facts that we need to know about you guys. Well, um, I'll start. Um, and thank you so much, Lucas, for uh, inviting us. Yeah. Kind of a first-time experience for us with the podcast. So um, it's, it's, it's a, at this point, it's been real fun. Yeah, for <laughs> we'll sure. We'll see how it ends up. <laughs> but um, um, Bob and I uh, started dating our senior year in high school. Um, we came from very similar backgrounds. Our fathers worked for the same oil company. Um, we attended the same church, and we both have many uh, sisters and brothers, big families. Okay. How big are your families? Uh, I've got four sisters and brothers, and okay. Bob has five. five. Mm-hmm. So there's like four to- total? Five, no, five kids in my family. Okay, five total kids. Six total and six. in my family. Okay. I would, if you put both those numbers together, I would take that many kids. Oh, oh wonderful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's wonderful. We'll, we'll see. We'll Go see. Go for it, Lucas. Go for it. <laughs> Um, well, cool. So, and, and, uh, though we're Texans, I had a manufacturing career and that took, took us from Texas to Illinois and then to Kansas okay. before I retired. And yeah. along the way, we raised the five children along the way. We now have four grandchildren Yeah, and, um, and our oldest child now is 43 Okay, and our youngest is 31. Okay. And our oldest and youngest are boys, are, and the three in the middle are girls. Okay. So it's a, it's a nice little package. All our kids are very independent. We're very proud of them, and, and they're all in different states, too. They're not just circling around mom and dad. They're all out there uh, in different states. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. What, what You're in the, I guess... I mean, empty stage of empty nester stage of life here. And so, um, tell us a little bit about like what that is like. And, you know, do you miss having your kids and teenagers around? I mean, obviously they're still around. They're just different. They're, you're not changing their diapers, you know, like, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. We have so many, uh, sweet, um, and funny moments. I think that we remember, um, with raising kids, I, a real special time for me was always bedtime. Uh, It was kind of a time where it was quieter, and it was one-on-one, and uh, we would pray together, and they would um, possibly even just open up a little bit about their day and about what their hopes for tomorrow uh, were. One particular time when I was putting our youngest to bed, um, it was a sweet memory. Uh, He was probably around the sixth grade, and um, when I was just about to leave, he said to me, if you weren't my mom, I'd marry you. And it was just a, a <laughs> real, awesome. I think he was just saying, I love you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Bob, what about you? What do you? Yeah, I, uh, two things I'll share. The, the first one, the immediate thing that comes to mind is family vacations. Mm. When you have five children, you don't get on airplanes. You, oh, you, you drive. Jump in the van. And yeah. We had a nice big van that facilitated that, but we had many a road trip, many times long road trips. Yeah. And, um, and we just had such a good time. A special part of that 
was Carolyn would, would always generously give up the front seat and each of the kids would just take turns coming up and talking to dad, yeah. you know, and, and spending some time with me. I could ask them things like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And for sure, what'd you think about that ball game? Or what did you think about anything? And, yeah. and it was just a great time of sharing. So that was always a, a very special time for us. Even, even our uh, oldest daughter, the other, not long ago told us we're going to do a road trip with my kids. Cause that was so fun yeah. when we were, when we were young. So that was cool. But I'm just going to throw in one more loop. Yeah. And that yeah. is that when our kids were young, you, all we had to do was say, y'all let's get in the car. Yeah. They didn't say, where are we going? What far? Why are we? They just jumped in the car and they yeah. just trusted we were going to go do something good. You know, yeah. and that was a, always a special memory. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and before we get too far down here, like, so today we're specifically kind of talking about just because, you know, our kids are grown does not mean you can't get after it still. And so obviously you guys are in the empty state, empty nester stage of life. Your kids are grown and, um, and, uh, just the things that you can get after and continue to pursue. And, um, and so excited for folks to be able to listen and hear kind of your guys' story and stuff. But I have a couple of new questions that like, what kind of van were you driving? <laughs> I'm curious here. Uh, I'm assuming it wasn't a Honda Odyssey. That's what we have right now. So I'm assuming it wasn't that. Uh, I, I want to tell. I want to go tell. for it. <laughs> it was a white Ford 15 seater van. Okay. Is it the one that the kids thought looked like yeah. a hearse or yeah, something? Yeah, sometimes the kids would tease us that we owned a hearse. <laughs> but, but it was wonderful because on the 20-hour trips, uh, the three older kids each had their own bench with a pillow to lie out on. Oh, man. And then the bench right behind us had the two youngest kids, and they shared that one, and Bob and I would be in the front. So it, it put we put a lot of miles on that. I can imagine that we're, we're the same. It's, it's just like one of the church fans, actually. Okay. We have around here. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I actually pray and hope one day we have to get a 15 passenger. <laughs> it'll, it'll come in handy in youth ministry as well. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. I'm kind of biased. Good there rationalization there. Yes. Um, so what, what would you guys not miss about, you know, having kids and not at all that we're saying that you didn't like them or love them or anything, but like, you know, what are the things that you didn't enjoy the most about having kids now? Or do you mean besides the diapers and never get any sleep? Maybe beyond, beyond that, uh, for me, yeah. Now Carolyn's got some else to share, I think, but for me, I, there's nothing I don't miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had our challenges. Certainly we had things that just were, Super challenging, but I don't even remember them anymore. I just have good memories. And so I, yeah. Carolyn's going to have to answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously the laundry, the dishes and the homework were, um, you know, sometimes a little overwhelming, yeah. but I, I think, uh, one thing that I'm glad I'm not having to deal with now, I, I, especially because I think today raising kids is a whole nother set of, of, uh, difficult challenges than when we were parenting but i don't miss those uh, parenting challenges making the difficult judgment calls as to whether to discipline a child or not yeah um and making sure it's a fair consequence for whatever kind of behavior you know we were wanting to address um the silver lining in those parenting challenges was that uh, when bob would get home from work we would take a walk 
and sometimes it would be a very long, long walk so we could discuss all, all of the things going yeah. on at home and how we were going to respond as a united front. Yeah. And it often gave us much more balance to mm. what I might be feeling at the time yeah. needed to be done or whatever. So that was, that was the silver lining. We were getting exercise. We were spending time together. And we also then could have a united front. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I, um, and that is pretty critical. You know, it, it blows my mind still today when Paisley will ask, you know, my wife something and she'll turn right around and be like, daddy, do you agree with that? And I'm like, yes, I agree with that. Like, <laughs> just, actually, oh, is it the, at the first, uh, our first small group reengage Paisley did that. She actually asked my wife, like, can she do something? Uh, or she asked me and then she turned to my wife and said, you know, do you agree with daddy? And I was, <laughs> my buddy Steven was right next to me and he heard it and he was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so it just having that united front is, uh, it, it'll help make life easier for you guys. Um, and a lot less for complicated. Sure. For um, sure. So well, very cool. Um, tell us about like what God's direction has been for you guys later in your life. And actually, I guess before that, how much was the food bill? For five kids. Now, obviously with inflation and things are a little like, like seriously, how much, like, I mean, that had to been well, a the, lot. Yeah. The, uh, that was one area of, of our marriage that was kind of, um, we didn't exactly see eye to eye on because I didn't like working under a budget. And, yeah. And so I just always felt like everything that we, um, we spent our money on was essential. So, so I can't tell you how much the food budget was. Okay. And, 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 you know, and Bob eventually decided, well, you know, she really isn't too much of an impulse buyer. And so he, he worked under that framework, but <laughs> I, I don't, it. I don't recommend it to all of our listeners. You know? Yeah. It was significant. <laughs> I'll say that for sure. Yeah. And when we went to restaurants, nobody ordered drinks. Oh man. Water. Heck dude, that's, water. that's 30 bucks right yeah, there or exactly. whatever it would be. Just, exactly. yeah. It, it's a question I like to ask parents who have, who've had lots of kids. I've heard the most is up to 1800 bucks, oh, wow. which I thought that's a, that's a house payment. Like yeah, yeah, for sure. That you're eating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ours was long enough ago it wouldn't have been eighteen hundred, but it was it was it was significant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and it just reminded me when we did do um, six flags, uh, you know, it was bring an ice chest in yeah. the car and go back out to the parking lot. Yeah, for <laughs> and, sure. And movies yeah. were not, you know, it was like make sure you're full and you don't need a drink before we go into the theater. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you just you you cut whatever um, where you can. Yeah, for and sure. So absolutely, absolutely. So tell us, um, you know, about what God's direction for your guys's life, you know, later in your guys's life. So if if I hope this isn't disrespectful to ask, but so you guys are like. I don't know, in oh, your 50s, uh, 60s? Yeah, we're, Carolyn's in her 40s. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. Um, no, we yeah. are both, uh, we're both on uh, Medicare now. So okay, that's, yeah. you have to perfect. Okay, yeah. to do that, okay. So. all right. There you go. <laughs> well and, said. And so, and you had a career in manufacturing, and yeah. did you primarily stay home? And I, I mean, did. you had five full time jobs. So, I did. He, uh, my assumption is Bob's job was easier than your job, is my understanding. I thought yeah. they were equally, equally <laughs> difficult, but, but, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so that career ended for you or you, yeah. you stopped that career. Um, and then, so then God kind of changed directions for you guys. And, yeah. and so tell us about that. Yeah, it, it was actually, God put it on my heart long before I retired. And okay. So several years before I retired, I retired in 2011, okay. which was 10 years ago. And, um, uh, 
but several years before that, I began praying, saying, God, when I retire, I want to do something yeah. that, that matters. Yeah. And, um, and it was, I, I knew I needed, wanted to be in ministry, but I'm just a lay guy. You know, I, I didn't have any formal theological training or anything like that. I did yeah. teach Sunday school and church and I was a deacon and yeah. things like that, but just a lay guy, but I wanted to do something significant. And one day I still remember the time I said, Lord, wherever you want me to go, I'll go anywhere. Now in my limited mind, God knows, and I know, Carolyn, I like warm weather. I don't like those cold weather states. And so really what I was saying in my heart and mind was, Lord, if you need me to go to Wisconsin or Minnesota, and those are great states, everybody. That's, you know, but for me, I yeah. want warm weather. Yeah. And, and so I was just, it was really a prayer of surrender saying, God, yeah. I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go anywhere you want me to mm-hmm. go. And, but that's what I thought it meant was I'll have to, I'll go to cold weather if you want me to. And yeah. so. And you you were kind of thinking like worst case scenario, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 And then, and then I realized after the prayer that, you know, Carolyn needs to have buy-in on that prayer because she'd yeah. be going too. And so I, I, yes, I, I went, you know, to Carolyn and said, Hey, I just, these words escaped my lips in, in prayer to God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Are you yeah. with? And, she, and, and Carolyn's just got game. I mean, she didn't even flinch. She says, Bob, whatever God wants is will go. And so, so that's, that's kind of where, how it started with that prayer. Wow. And, um, Carolyn, I'll let you pick up from there. Maybe. Okay, sure. Um, Bob retired in early 2011, and about um, April of that year, um, we have a friend who's in ministry, and Bob called him and said, hey, you know, I'm retired, and I'd be available to go on mission trips with you. Yeah. And uh, he, our friend said, Bob, um, we are looking for uh, missionary teachers in China, and you and Carolyn would do great. And uh, so that was April, um, and initially uh, we began talking about it, and practically speaking, we were like, okay, well, we should sell the cars, and we need to sell the house, and this plan and that plan. Yeah. And um, uh, we were like, um, oh, wait a minute. Uh, this is what we've been praying for. The opportunity is here now. And if we were to wait a year, we don't know um, what the situation would be. And so by August, five months later, we were being picked up at an airport in central China (laughs) with 200 pounds of luggage, um, didn't speak a word of Mandarin, and had actually never traveled to China before. Wow. And we were moving there. So anyway, it was it was a, a, a quick five months and, and the best decision we made. And uh, we were glad that we did not put it off a year because so many other things would have um, probably mm-hmm. caused us to think we just can't can't do this yeah for sure and so it wasn't like with a specific missions agency it was a or was your friend a part of an agency and so did they help do some training for you guys a little bit yeah we got some we got some quick training okay yeah i mean five months is that's pretty quick that's like that's like a weekend retreat when i think about that's what our training was was yeah weekend yeah oh that's awesome and i mean what are you guys thinking like leading up to this you know so April, you've made this decision, you've had this conversation, you guys are going, and, you know, five months later, I mean, you've, like, you're there. Like, mm-hmm. what, are you guys fearful in any way? Are you scared? Are you like, what in the world are we doing? We should be, like, hanging out, doing whatever we want for the, you know, like, for the latter half of our lives or whatever. Like, what, what is going through your guys' mind in this five-month period of time? I mean, this is a, 
that's that, a pretty short period of time to go yeah. from a prayer to, <laughs> you yeah, know. And, and and I would say, Lucas, the the first month, we kept we kept making list of things we got to do before mm. we do this, and we that's when we the thought said we'll tell them we'll go in a year a year from now. Gotcha. But then gotcha. we that's when Carolyn came down and said, Bob. Are we called or not? Let's do this. I mean, yeah. she's got game, I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> That's awesome. And so and so we just said we'll figure it out. And so we just we just trusted God and yeah. said let's let's go for this. Yeah. So I'm assuming you guys did did not end up selling kind of everything, you know? I mean Right. Right. Um we we did not um we rented the house. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. um yeah, and 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 a gracious um neighbor said they would um you know, take care of our banking and mail and all that sort of stuff uh-huh. for us. So, so people stepped in. You don't ever do things alone. Yeah. You know, yes, ma'am. Um, there's, there's sure. people who stepped in to help us out um, yeah. with being able to <laughs> leave on time. For sure. You know, the, being a missionary was not what we had in mind. It's not something we planned. We, we just, but when the opportunity came, we just said yes. Yeah. That's all we could do was say yes. Well, it's awesome just the timing of it all. You'd, you know, you'd retired. So there's not this like, you know, okay, I'm working. I got to figure that out. Like, and, and obviously the kids are grown by this time. And, and so it's kind of like, you don't have anything tying you down. I mean, not in, I don't mean that in a bad way, but just mm-hmm. a lot of freedom there and yeah. less responsibilities for kids and things like that. And so that, that is pretty awesome. But why in the world would you both become missionaries? Like, and honestly, even at like at that stage of life, like I remember going to, you know, at Moody, we had these missions conferences and they, all these missions organizations from all over the country would come and they're like, you know, rec- like trying to recruit because they're like, man, it's easier to learn languages when you're younger. And, you know, and there's just so many more benefits to do that stuff when you're younger. Obviously, that's not your guys' story, but obviously God is much bigger than that. And so like, like why in the world yeah, would and, you guys do this? And again, we we didn't. We didn't say we want to be missionaries yeah. and started seeking out opportunities. It came to us. Mm. And then the only question was if we were going to respond positively. Yeah. I went to my pastor and said, Pastor, I haven't been called to China. He goes, Bob, this is for y'all. I said, wait a minute. How can you say that so quickly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said, because I've been praying with you for several years, yeah, and this awesome. is the only door that opened. This is for you guys. And yeah. so so that's really how it came to be would you say that if you guys looking back if you would have said no that that would have been disobedience oh yes oh yes yeah Yeah. man yeah uh i was a wise pastor to say yes you got to get after it (laughs) (laughs) he didn't mince any words i love it i love it um so you know what what is a missionary and what does that look like i mean it's you know different for a lot of folks and stuff but kind of let's like what what is a missionary and what's that look like um, probably my understanding or definition is probably um, always developing <laughs> over time. Um, I mean, now I, I really understand the sense that all believers mm. are, are really missionaries. We're, we're quick to tell each other about a good movie or a good restaurant. Yeah. And I, I recognize now I should be quick to tell others about a good God yeah. who we follow. Um uh, one sign that I have seen in church parking lots when you e- exit, uh, it says you are now entering the mission yeah. field. Yeah. And I think it's real appropriate. For sure. No, that's good. That's good. You know, to live in China, you, you can't go as a missionary. China won't let you come in their country. Yeah. 
if you're a missionary. They they give tourist visas, but you're only allowed to stay a certain number of weeks, then you go home. But but yeah. to stay there and work as a missionary, you have to have you have to have a job in China. Yeah. To be received and so we got a job as oral english teachers our organization helped find us jobs as oral english teachers at a university so that's what that's what it looked like for us that's that's called the platform yeah okay thank you carolyn and so and so with that platform we were at a university they gave us a small apartment right on the campus yeah um we we only taught 15 hours a week now carolyn had her own classes, I had my own. So yeah. each of us had 15 hours a week in class. But with that, we used the rest of our time developing relationships, sharing our faith with students, and, and sharing our faith with faculties yeah. at that university. Well, what, what did that transition look like for you guys? You get there, you got luggage, you know, and I mean, somebody picks you up from the airport, takes you to your apartment, and you're, you know, I'm sure there's, assuming there's some onboarding and stuff for the school and all that, but like... um what, what's some of the daily life stuff? I've actually been to China. I've been mm-hmm. to the Sichuan province before. And so I have, I just I'll have all these images popping in my mind as I'm walking the crowded streets. And yeah. I love the, it's my favorite culture in the world that I've ever been to. I just, those people can eat and, uh, <laughs> and laugh. And, and, yes. They, yeah. It's, they're great. Go ahead, Carolyn. Well, um, yeah, we, well, we lived in a, a small apartment on, on the college campus, and pretty much only on the college campus is where we heard English used, okay. because they had a large um, English uh, teaching um, department there. Um, our, our apartments on the campus were for, built for Westerners, okay. meaning they came with heat and uh, air conditioning. And a and, toilet you sit on. a Western toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, it's, it's, and, and we, we had refrigerators to keep our food. So much of their eating there is just daily shopping for fresh groceries yeah. or going out to eat every day. So um, our apartments came with, with refrigerators. So we were, we were very comfortable. We walked to classes um, among the students. We walked to get groceries. We used the buses and taxis um, we also took language classes while we were teaching our oral english uh, classes so we could um, right away begin to use the mandarin and the first thing we learned was our address so we could always get back home yeah <laughs> sometimes at the end of the day um, and how to count um, our money and how to you know ask for certain vegetables and things like that yeah. so um, let me think here if there was anything else I, I learned very quickly that the uh, vendors and the storekeeper weren't interested in playing my game of my clever sign language to see. They just they would sort of turn their heads away and just <laughs> sort of like, okay, either learn Mandarin, or, yeah. but, but I'm not going to play this game of what you're trying to communicate through your that's awesome uh, ha- hand motions. Yeah. So I would say it was such a rich experience. Oh, first I should say. We thought <clears throat> when we first went to China, we went for one year. Okay. But we ended up staying for three years. Okay. So each year we signed up again with yeah. really the mindset, if we leave, who's going to tell these students yeah. about Jesus? And so... What, what, uh, sorry, was there anybody else on campus doing similar things that you guys were yeah, doing? We, we were on a... We were with a team of 10 teachers. Okay. So you had other, like some community. Yes. yes. Were they all Americans as well? Mm, yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. And, and and they were all all believers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
and so yeah. Sundays was a service in our apartment. Okay. Um, we we always seemed to have somebody who could lead with guitar, and we took turns actually leading um, the the scripture and the yeah. discussion. You know, each week, but it was always uh, in our apartment. There was not. Uh, a church, or at least even an English-speaking church, mm. uh, in our small town of one million people, <laughs> and it was a small town, uh, comparatively speaking. Oh man, it's crazy! You know, you know, it was easier than we ever imagined mm. to share our faith, and um, <clears throat> we we always said a prayer before we had a meal, even if we were with Chinese students, and yeah. we would always ask permission. And they would give us, they'd say certainly, and we would say a prayer. And and one time I, I was having a meal with a young businessman. And after I finished the prayer, it was our second meal together. He said, whenever you pray, I feel the presence of God. Mm. And it was just a simple yeah. prayer. A, another student, after I prayed, said, Mr. Bob, what's the most important thing in life? I mean, just the prayer sparked that. And, yeah. and, and the first week we were there, not really sure how we were going to deal with students. We took a young lady out to, to a meal, Carolyn and I did. Her name was Laura, a student, and spoke real good English. And, and I said, Laura, would you mind if I pray before we eat? And she couldn't, the concept was so foreign. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know what I was asking. Yeah. Uh, but I said, Laura, I want to give thanks to the Most High God for the food. Is that okay? And she agreed. And after giving God thanks, I prayed for Laura by name. And when I finished, Laura said, do you think God would hear me if I pray? Wow. Carolyn jumped right in and said, yes, Laura, would you like to pray? And she goes, yes, I want to pray for my parents. And right there, Laura said, I think, yeah. the first prayer of her life. Wow. And she later became a Christian. I mean, that's just the kind of fun, cool stuff. Were you guys, did you guys ever feel like <clears throat> you were in danger at all, you know, in terms of just, obviously China's very anti-Christian. Do you guys ever feel like you were in a dangerous position at all? Uh, I would, do you mind if I answer no, that? No. Uh, when we were there, if we got in trouble for sharing our faith, they would have sent us home. Mm. That that would have been the punishment is they would have sent us home. Yeah. We never got in trouble. And even the administrators knew we prayed before meals. Yeah. And we would talk about holidays in the classroom that gave us a chance to talk about God and the most yeah. high God because yeah. that's what Christmas and Easter and yeah. even Thanksgiving, we can relay that to God. So all those things were legit, and we never got in trouble one time. Uh, the risk is with the Chinese national, not with the, wasn't with the Americans while we were there. So gotcha. no, we were not in fear. And also the schools knew if something happened to their foreign teachers, they would be in trouble. Yeah. Not, you know, so, so we were, we were in, I think we were very safe. Yeah. And what's the, like the religious temperament in China from, you know, your guys' time there, you know, like, are they very anti-God? Are they very like, like, what does that look like? They're China, China, people will say there's about 8% Christians in China. I, I'm not sure it's quite that high. Okay. Uh, but most of the people through school and education, it's an atheist society. Okay. There, there's, there's Buddhist uh, temples 
everywhere. Okay. But really, most people are just just don't even think about God, and they're not active in any faith. Wow, wow, that's crazy, man. Um, you know, how did this time, you know, in China and all that, like, how did your family think about all of this and like what you guys are doing and. And, you know, even, I mean, your grown kids, you know, like, what are they, are they thinking, man, my parents are like out of their mind. Like what, you know, like what, what were they thinking about all this? Um, yeah, our extended families were very supportive though. Obviously they were also concerned about the safety issue. Yeah. Our children probably weren't as surprised because they kind of tend to think we're kind of unconventional in the first place. Hmm. And our eldest son kind of had a funny comment. Uh, he had just changed careers and they were kind of, it was a big change for him. And so um, also just some background. Um, Bob was balding at the time. And I so, was bald already. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, his, uh, his brother, uh, you know, and being a brother, I guess said, Bob, you just look terrible. You just need to shave your head. <laughs> so right before it was, it was a week or so before we left China, Bob went ahead and, and did that. Um, so anyway, what our, what our son's comment was, was, well, now I know where I get it, this unconventional mm. thinking. He said, Dad, um, what, what did he say? Dad quit his job, shaved his head, and moved to China. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of uh, that's the awesome. attitude, what our kids thought. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Th- has there been, do you guys miss it? Do you guys like, I mean, you were there three, you know, thought you'd only be there a year, end up saying three years, and... Do you guys ever think you'll go back or do you guys miss doing that? Well, until COVID, we were going back a couple times a year because we're still, even though we came back to America, we've still been active in, in mission work. So, uh, we certainly miss it. If God told us to move there, we would, but right now we think we're in the right spot for sure where we are. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit, but you know, what did ministry look like when you were there? And, you know, and I, I think it's fascinating. You're, you're asking permission from those that you're with to pray. I think it, I think it's very strategic. I don't know. Did the organization teach you guys to do that? Like to ask for permission? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's almost yeah. like, well, you gave me permit. Okay. Thanks for giving me permission, Caroline. Yeah. You know, like I don't need <laughs> yeah. your permission, but yeah, I just, it's, it's yeah. less uh, invasive or just, you're just respectful, you sure. know? And sure. Um, so how would you, would you add anything else to just what ministry looked like there for you guys? Let me, if you don't mind, I want to tell you one more thing yeah. I just thought of about how Please our do. family received things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, as you said, all of our children were, were grown, yeah. but our youngest was still in college. Okay. And this was big for him that mm. at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, mm. at, you know, at yeah. time, weekends, he, he didn't have a house to go home to. So, mm. so we... We think this was toughest for him. And so we, Carolyn and I drove, before we made the decision, we drove to his college campus and met with him. And we really asked his permission. Would it be okay for us to do this? And he was so gracious. I I, I still remember today. I could cry if I even let myself. But but his his point was, I know this is something y'all want to do. Yeah. And so go for it. We had his blessing. That's awesome. Yeah. Was he like a freshman or sophomore in college? I think or? he was, a, was he finishing his sophomore, sophomore year? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and 
this just kind of this aspect of leaving family behind, um, which is part of a missionary who goes to a different country, you know, far from home. It's the one time I do remember shedding some tears um, was that um, we missed his college graduation. Mm, Yeah. And that's because um, teaching the, the teaching semester there went through June and usually into the first week of July. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. but fortunately, family stepped in, and he was able to go for holidays and things to other family homes and yeah. such. So, and you know, this was right after I retired. So the other hardship was, all of a sudden, Carolyn was was working twenty four seven with me. I didn't leave during the daytime, <laughs> and she was yeah. And and it really was a something we hadn't quite prepared for was just. Yeah, doing life together so close, and then we're moving into this very small apartment to live in. So we we kind of had to learn, you know, how to disagree again together, yeah. you know, and things like that. And and there's cultural stresses and all those kind of things. So it had some impact on us as well. But God saw us through. For sure, for sure. It, was there any other ways that like it, you know, impacted your marriage and your family? I mean, I could because I could think of you know, man, were you guys ever? I mean, having other other Americans there with you that spoke English and having like a little house church thing I had to have been such a huge blessing. And because I could imagine if you didn't know anybody, you know, or even speak the language well, how lonely, you know, that could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, did you guys ever experience just some tension in your marriage, like loneliness or, you know, even just missing things? You know, like I, I compare everything to where I grew up in Kansas, you know, the uh the seasons i'm like oh like in texas i'm like oh it's not like it was where i grew up or even the smell of grass that's fresh cut like it just it's different so i compare everything to what i thought was normative growing up and so um maybe just speak into that a little bit i mean what i would say oh we we just desperately missed our families but that we knew that was what we were giving up saying yes to that and uh but christmas day thanksgiving day if they were on a weekday, we were teaching class. You yeah. know, it's not a holiday over there. For sure. And uh, But we made do, and we did have a nice team. And and so, uh, Carolyn, I don't know if you have anything yeah, to add. Yeah, no, I just, um, I think from the beginning of our marriage, it's always um, was based on communication, you know. So, yeah. there, you know, we did have to probably communicate more or take a long walk just to discuss, you know, us. But um, I, it, it really didn't, it wasn't... Uh, you know, that difficult because we both, you know, wanted to talk through it and make sure we understood yeah. how the other person mm-hmm. felt. No, for sure. So, okay. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to get that, no, that I, part in before we left that. No, there, for sure. You, you were asking about what ministry looked like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did ministry, you know, what it looked like? And you, I mean, shared, you know, prayer and, and, uh, house church stuff and all that. Anything else you guys want to add for what ministry looked like there for you guys? Yeah, it was, interestingly enough, it was morning, noon, and night um, because we were on the college campus and students could come knock on our door at any time uh, of the day. We each had about 300 students per semester. So we obviously, uh, other than... um, as, as far as outside of the classroom, it was a smaller percentage of students that we could actually meet. But we often had meals with them. We participated in university functions. And then we had Bible studies in our apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, we sometimes felt the need to change the hour or the day that we had the study. So we weren't forming a, a routine as such yeah. that, that could be watched. Um, but uh, And we kept it to three to five 
students, not right. We large. we kept it small. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it, it was um, uh, a, just it was a good time. Yeah, you know, it was exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Really, um, we developed a way to share our faith in the classroom, mm-hmm. uh, and we never got in trouble. But but through through sharing, even in the classroom, we could discern which students had a spiritual interest or not. Because when you have 300 students, you can't invest yeah. all your time in all of them. So our our real goal was to identify the students that had a spiritual interest hmm. and develop relationships with them. And I remember uh, a year after I had taught a student, um, he sought me out. He came, he came and found me, and he said, Mr. Bob, he says, when you taught in my class – you often spoke about the most high God. He said, I came today cause I want you to tell me more mm. about the most high God. Yeah. And, uh, this student's name is Nick. He's this, one of the most special guys from China. Uh, mm. he, he became a Christian. Uh, he, he told me he had a dream when he was younger, when he was in middle school, that he would be a pastor. Wow. I said, I said, Nick, you didn't even know what a pastor was. He goes, I know. I'm just now realizing all of this. And so, uh, you know, then after he became a Christian, his girlfriend became a Christian. Two of his friends became a Christian. Um, I, I got a note from him not too long ago, and then I'm just going to read a little bit of yeah. it. But he's, he was so excited that his parents are now going to his church. <laughs> and uh, And he's got two children now. But he says... He goes, I can't imagine how life would be without the Lord, with work pressures and marriage. He says, I can't imagine how my faith would be without you told me Jesus Christ. My heart was hard. Thank you again. It is the best gift of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So it's exhilarating. Yeah. It's, it's uh, so rewarding. Yeah. So I'm. I would assume that three years in China was worth the time, effort, uh, and the sacrifices that you guys had to give up. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Lucas, I had one other story, but I don't know how we're doing on time. Oh, so. you're good. You keep. We're good. Yeah, we're oh, plenty okay. good. We got. Okay. We uh. We we just we just got to keep it under six hours. So. Oh, okay. No, we're we're doing great. Okay. I mean. Um, we just met so many wonderful people, and 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 they're they're dear to us to this day, and we still are able to communicate often. Yeah. Um, but uh, this particular uh, teacher, a Chinese teacher who taught English at our university, became a friend, and uh, one day she asked me a spiritual question, and and so I responded by asking her if she would like to study the Bible. Yeah. And she said she would, so she started coming uh, once a week. Uh, to our apartment and we started at the beginning <laughs> in Genesis yeah. and and so w- the study we were using is creation to Christ is what it was called and so um, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and it goes on talking about creating man and as she was reading this uh, out of the word she said well and she kind of paused. She said, this is anti-Darwinism. Yes, it is. Yeah, which is the only um, theory that she had ever been taught or heard. Mm. So it was very surprising to her. And then she went on to say, just a few weeks ago, my daughter 
asked me where she came from. And she said, I told my daughter that her mother came from a monkey, but she came from a princess. Now, <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't make any sense except that uh, Julie, um, this teacher, could not bring herself to tell her daughter that she had evolved from a monkey. Mm. And so she told her she came from a, a, a princess. Well, after we continued to study together, um, Julie came in one time very excitedly, and she said, I told her that her mother did not come from a monkey, mm. that she and I, the mother, um, both were created in the image of the Most High God. And um, she said, now when I go um, on the streets uh, shopping, I see all the people in a different way, that they are also made in God's image. And I see all the fruits and the vegetables in the market, and I'm thankful to God for these gifts. And it wasn't long after that that she received uh, Christ as her Lord. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, Lucas, just one last thing about yeah. mission. The the reason, well, the, the reason we came back after three years is the organization we were with asked if I would oversee the operations in all of East Asia. So we went from, and so we came back to America to yeah. do that. So just, just letting you know, we're still involved in mission work. Uh, instead of one country, it became seven countries that For we sure. were uh, involved with. Uh, about a year ago, though, I left that organization and joined another small organization where I'm not overseeing anything. Carolyn and I consider ourselves just independent yeah. missions folks now, but we're still, uh, you know, very interested in doing all these kind of things. And our real focus is on trying to help the lay people of the church recognize that there's a call yeah. on their lives, just like there has been on ours. Yeah, so, for sure. So we kind of focus on that. Oh, that's awesome. How can, you know, Austin Oaks Church support missions and, and you know, more? And how can they be a part of, of uh, missions work like this? Yeah, well, uh, I was very um, honored to have been asked, uh, I guess maybe close to a year ago now, uh, to serve on the AOC mission board. Yeah. And, and boy, they've got, we've just got really good leadership there and a solid foundation to grow mission work. So I'm real yeah. pleased with what AOC is doing um, concerning how others can be a part. I just, I just challenge people not to think of such a great divide between ministers and lay people. Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, there's good news that needs to be shared. And when God called people in, in, in the new Testament, they were just fishermen. They, they were yeah. just lay people. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes we just forget that, and we just think we're not worthy. Mm. And frankly, that's kind of how I felt. And I still don't feel worthy, but it's still we're supposed to be a living sacrifice and, and step up. And so, you know, I've mentioned at least once here that <clears throat> when, when I said, God, I'll go anywhere, it was really a prayer of surrender. And I, I think that a message I would leave here is that too many of us say, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I get it. We, we go, I want this house. I want to live in this specific city. I want to make sure I have this car or truck and I want my children in this specific school. Yeah. And once we get all those things lined up, then we go, okay, Lord, how do you want to use me now that I got everything in a row? Yeah. And that's, that's not the surrendered life. 
that's saying these things are first. Yeah. And and now God, now that I got the things that are first, I'm open to doing what you'd have me to do. And that's that's not even the, the definition of a Christian. Yeah. I mean, as Christians, we're followers of Jesus Christ. That means he's Lord of all these things. And I forget that. I have to surrender every day. I mean, yeah. it's so easy to forget. But the, but the real message for people to be involved is we're called. And, and we don't, you, you think of the rich young ruler he went to Jesus. I mean, he was good enough. He said, I've done all these things, yeah. but what do I lack? But Jesus saw right through him. He wasn't surrendered. Yeah. He, he was holding on to something. And that's what we all want to just make sure we're not holding on to something and not yeah. saying this first, then you, God. And, and that's the message I like to leave. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you guys very much and your time and your willingness to be obedient to the Lord. It's, uh, it's encouraging. Uh, to me so I appreciate you guys very much and uh, thanks for the opportunity absolutely thanks for joining us today on the house on fire podcast please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today and we'll see you all next time